Welcome in, everybody. Happy Monday. Again, it is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben, Kenny, and Grant Bills with you today. Bill will be back on Wednesday leading up to the NFL Draft. Leading up to, hopefully, an Aaron Rodgers trade and some clarity and some end on the now 42-day wait we have had since he first said he would like to, intends to play for the Jets. 877-867-1670. We are also reacting to the Bucks' loss to the Heat on Saturday, trailing 2-1 in the series. A disappointing performance, to say the least. A 121-99 to loss. The Twitter question up at Ben Z. Kenny, are the Bucks in trouble? Whether it's against the Heat coming up tonight and for the rest of the series, or if it is long-term, uh, all indications are that Giannis will be back tonight, which makes both myself, I'm sure others, as well as Vegas, quite confident that the Bucks will get it done. Uh, but Grant, they, they, they come out in game four. They win this game. Everything's fine, right? They look great. Are, are we just going through the nonstop waves of the playoffs where they lose one, it's over. They win one, they're winning the title. They lose one, it's over. And then Giannis comes back and, and they win and we're back? Is that what's at stake? That's, that's the hope. Yeah, that's what I hope. Like, I'm not going to blame anyone who's really worried. They're down 2-1 to one to a Heat team that looks really confident, and we're not sure how healthy Giannis is. Right? Like, that's cause for concern. So I'm not going to tell anyone that they shouldn't be worried or shouldn't be concerned. Right? I'm also going to not make fun of people or tell people they're wrong if they're like, Giannis is coming back, right? two of the next four in Milwaukee, they're still the better team. Yes, that's also true, right? That is 100%. They're the much better team with the best player, and they have home court advantage, but they're also down 2-1. Like, come on. You got to be concerned about that at least a little bit. So I, I think the truth is right in the middle, 100%. And these waves of emotions that we're getting from Bucks fans is totally just the ups and downs of the playoffs. 100%. I think the Bucks beat the Heat in six. I still do. Even after Probably. Saturday's game. And I tweeted, I while it wasn't a somewhat embarrassment, I don't think it will mean everything in the long run when they beat the Heat in six. And when Giannis returns and they're back to full strength, but looking ahead, there's something to be said about consistency and maybe the lack thereof at the moment with the team where when they're faced with the top of the league formidable foe, how do they respond? 877-867-1670. So that's coming up tonight. Bucks heat 630 TNT Bucks seven point favorites. The over under sitting at two seventeen and a half. Seven is a lot of points on the road. It is. To note that before we move on to some Rodgers updates, they were two and a half point favorites without Giannis last night or Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And now it's up to seven. That's Vegas saying, yes, Giannis makes a big difference, but that's also Vegas saying the Heat aren't that good, right? If the Heat were decent, this line would be a lot closer, even with Giannis coming back, right? Because we're not sure about Giannis and the Heat are playing really well, but that's Vegas saying, yes, Giannis is returned, but also the Heat aren't that good. Are you worried at all with his return about his effectiveness? Yeah. I'm worried about everything. Stop asking me if I'm worried. I'm worried about absolutely <laughs> everything, and I'm having a terrible day. I'm putting on a nice face to do this show and get through my work day, but I am a kidney stone of concern sitting behind this microphone oh. right now. I'm not enjoying this. Yes, I'm worried. The bad visual. I know. Yeah, it's the back, which is, uh, as somebody who's currently, uh, again, to compare myself to professional athletes as someone who's currently dealing with some back issues, some spasms of some sorts. 
I, I can confirm it is hard to do your job while dealing with back problems. Oh, I when I listened to you on the morning show this morning, I thought you were saying the golf game is back in a good way. Or were you saying the back is is hurting your golf game? No, the golf game is back, but oh, okay. the result of walking 18 holes yesterday in 32-degree weather means a very tight and stiff back, yeah, yeah. which doesn't mean great things for being able to go about the day. If you think it's hard, you know, hosting a radio show with a bad back, imagine boxing out Bam Adebayo and trying to get a rebound and trying to score when Kevin Love undercuts you right underneath the rim. Yeah, imagine playing. This is why I'm worried. Imagine playing against a team without real big men. You don't think Bam is the real big man? He's fine. He's good. Wow. Would you? Well, nobody cares. I I just, I, I watched the Sixers series and I was really impressed by Nick Claxton. There's a sure. lot of noise around him this year, but I, the way he actually hung in there with Joel Embiid and played really well. Now there's a big man. I think Bam is fine. I, I think we do this thing in the NBA where there's so many good players, and I hear a lot. Oh, Bam is underrated. We don't talk about Bam enough. It's like, well, he's not Giannis. He's not Embiid. He wasn't Kevin Durant when he was in the. Okay, so if we don't talk about him fairly enough as the tenth best player in the East, all right, you're right. We don't talk about him enough, but. For the most part, I'm with you on Bam and, and the Heat's lack of a big man. Cody Zeller, though. Don't sleep on Cody Zeller. Oh, big, God. big 10 guy. Give me a break. Uh, uh, also, the underrated discussions just inherently make players overrated because the discussions become large arguments, which then yeah. means they're talked about too much. You know what? No one ever says <laughs> this player is perfectly rated and we discuss <laughs> him very accurately. No one has ever said that in the history of sports. Good point. 877-867-1670. Thoughts on, thoughts on the Bucks game tonight with Giannis coming back? Is everything going to be okay? Is there concern? I'm going to take your calls on that. 877-867-1670. We do, Grant, however, yeah. have Aaron Rodgers news adjacent. Okay. I'm not going to call it a, a sweeping headline that's going to completely dominate a show today, but Ian Rappaport yesterday puts out, that the Jets and Packers, after weeks of of stagnation, have reengaged in trade talks. Meaning, with the with the draft coming up on Thursday, with that being the deadline, we figure for the deal to get done, or Friday, the second round, they are officially talking. They're back in the talking stage. You know, there was some ghosting going on. They're yeah. back to cordially talking with no end in sight. How great is this? We live in actual football hell. It's gonna go. It's gonna go down on draft night. I saw our friend Eric. Well, he's been on the Bill Michael Show. I'll say our friend uh, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports tweet last night. You know, Aaron Rodgers made the draft about him in 2021. Why wouldn't he do it again? And I wanted to sarcastically respond and say, "Uh, Eric, the media did that. Thank you very much." But then I was worried that he would think I was serious. (laughs) I didn't want that. But this is. You know, Rodgers is going to take a lot of the attention in the heat, but the Jets and the Packers, I guess, really haven't shown much motivation to do this the last few weeks, right? The, mo- the motivation is the deadline. Deadline spur action, they say, Ben Kenny. My roommate in college also gave me this piece of advice that I'll use the rest of my life. If you wait until the last minute, it will only take a minute. And as a <laughs> massive procrastinator, that is a school of thought I That's good. subscribe to. And if they wait until the last minute, then this Rodgers trade will only take a minute. So deadlines make things happen. That's probably what we're dealing with. Sure. Minus the things that are better not done in one minute. 
Uh, you also had Peter King saying in his column today or yesterday that he won't be concerned about it not getting done until Friday. That until the second round of the draft comes, there is not concern on his end about the trade until Friday passes, which I tend to agree with. I guess what what the Rappaport note sparked in my mind, it's like, I okay, we're in draft week. But it's kind of just Aaron Rodgers week, if we're being honest, at least around here. That's the story, even though I'm somewhat more fascinated by who they pick at 15 than what the return on Rodgers is. I was wondering, though, like, yeah, Friday could be the deadline. That could be the day of that's when the picks have to be dealt for the Packers to get the second round pick. But tell me this. I was thinking about this this morning. If if Goody waits until Friday and doesn't know until that day if the Jets accept the offer or if you'll get the 42nd or 43rd pick, does that not affect how he goes about the first round? Does that not affect what they do at 15? Because if you know you have two second-round picks coming up, I would assume that would change the, the strategy, the calculus of the pick at number 15. Maybe. You'd have to be pretty darn sure about what's coming in the second round, right? You'd have to have a deal in principle basically figured out, I think, to operate with that level of confidence. And I think the Packers, once upon a time, thought they had a deal figured out, which is maybe why this deal didn't get done, is the Jets kind of welched a little bit on it. At least that's what was reported. I also think topics like this, and Ben, you might agree, I think topics like this are a little bit overblown. Like I I was listening to another show last week another station, a competitor, and they were talking about the Jamison Williams suspension. Does this impact how the Lions use their first-round pick? I think normally the answer to questions like this is no, because if there's a player a team really likes and ranks highly, it's a player that they're probably destined to take anyways. They probably should take that player anyways. But having two second-round picks might change, for example, how they approach the tight end position, position we talked about that's, last week. That's, that's the piece. We talk about. That's the piece. Because it's very specific to the Packers, but they need to they need two tight ends in the draft. Everybody is discussing how great of a tight end draft it is and how deep it is. But if you know you have two second round picks, not only for the fact of taking two players there, but having, say, the ammunition, Gudikins loves trading up in the top hundred to trade up in the second round if you see your tight end there. And that would then lead to them not taking one in the first round, which I don't want them to do. I think it would help their strategy, obviously, to have more picks, but to know exactly what their plan could be given tight end in the second round, whether a guy's falling, whether they need to take one. So that leads me to think, okay, if you're good against, at least in my opinion, and he'll speak to the media at 3.30, we'll talk about it tomorrow, we'll preview it coming up a little later in the show, but if I'm him, I would want to get this done by Thursday to at least know entering my first pick. Let's say they trade down with the first pick and get more ammunition back. Just knowing whether you have an extra second round pick, which is a quality pick and is a great place to address the needs they have. I would feel like that's important for the Jets. Yeah. It's not because they're trading the second round pick for Rogers. It's not like he's showing up on Friday, but for the Packers, I think it would be. Well, it's easier to budget your money one week when you know how much money you're also going to make next week, right? Like if you get a paycheck, you make a budget. It's easier to make that budget if you also know what your next paycheck is going to be 
right? And it's the same with drafting. If they have a strategy for the first round, it's a lot easier to go about the first round if you know what the second round is going to look like. I, I think Brian Gutekunst is more likely to let a player go by in the first round, knowing that he has two second round picks to use to trade up to get X player high in the second round. That seems to be his MO. That's what he did last year, right? They let Christian Watson go twice in the first round because I think he knew, well, we'll just jump up and get him. Maybe this draft is very similar. Maybe they let a player go by that they really love knowing that on day two, they can package the Aaron Rodgers pick and their second round pick to jump up and get him. I think that's probably the most likely scenario because that fits the MO of what we've seen Goody do in the past. And it's one I think everybody should get behind. If, say, Christian Watson, that was a hit. Let's say that player this time is Darnell Washington or a tight end everybody loves. Yes, you're giving up picks to do it, but you're getting a guy that seems to have a much higher hit rate than when they reach like crazy on some of the players they have reached on, whether it's the first rounder or in the second. 877-867-1670. I want Goody to get this done by Thursday. That's where I'm going to come out on all this. I would prefer, and and I'm not going to try to go into the draft room and, and criticize them after the fact if, if it's done on Friday, but my ideal scenario as an outsider to the draft room and viewing all of the stories that come out in their approach is I want this done by Thursday. I want a very clear outlook of what the picks look like. Not to mention, in my very selfish point of view, I would like to talk about it on Thursday. Yes before the draft and then on Friday I don't want this trade happening at four o'clock on Friday I definitely don't want that happening if as someone who goes on air at four o'clock I <laughs> definitely don't want it happening at four o'clock on Friday the media begins with me Ben we're allowed to be selfish about this stuff there's a me and an I eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy that being the Rogers update as we enter draft slash Aaron Rodgers week I also, there, so there's a lot written now about the Rodgers trade and how it all impacts both the Packers and the Jets' plans. This from Rob Domofsky, read this this morning. The sticking point. I've heard discussions about whether Gutekinds is still trying to get number 13, whether it's a disappointment if he doesn't get both seconds. All indications are that neither of those are going to happen. Domofsky writes in a piece on ESPN, the issue holding it up seems to be what to do if Rodgers doesn't play beyond the 2023 season for the Jets. The Jets could be reluctant to include a future first-round pick without knowing that Rodgers is committed for more than one season. We've all known this, or at least assumed it. There also could be the issue of how much, if any, Rodgers' contract the Packers are willing to pay. All indications through that article and what I've read is that we're talking about a second this year, hence the thought of getting the trade done on Thursday. Something in the future, whether it's a conditional one or a conditional two based on playing time, and then if Rodgers retires after 2023, maybe the Packers throw a fifth-round pick back in the future. But we're really talking about two twos, maybe a two, and then a future one if the Jets achieve a certain baseline. That feels like where we've been for weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we got a tweet here that says... Has anyone ever been right predicting the draft beyond the first five? There are too many variables to even predict, and this seems like a pointless convo. First That's... of all, I, I mean, I agree. It's a fun convo, though. It's fun to break these things down. 
right? Like you can talk about the draft endlessly. There are folks, you know, Mel Kuyper's at the top, but there's a lot of just sports fans, Ben, that we talk to and callers and, and fans that we meet. The draft is their favorite thing. This is what they love more than games. They love the game of trying to figure out which players are going to hit and which are going to miss. I got to say, out of all the great television products that we have in our sporting world, not, not many beat Friday of the NFL draft. You like Friday more? Thursday is too, there's so much time and too few picks and a lot of not drafting, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of BS that goes on, a lot of pageantry, first night of the draft, and it's 32 oh. picks in, in what, four hours, five hours? Yeah. Friday is two rounds, and it goes faster. A lot of the players you still know, it's really just all focused on on the football. You figure most of the people watching Friday actually care a lot more and aren't just there for the headline. I love Friday. Then you get into Saturday, like rounds four through seven. Kind of gets tough, clearly, because nobody knows any of the players. But it's so not Thursday as if, night is for casuals. Friday is for guys that know ball. I guess. Um, I'm not going to say that we are breaking down the draft either. I, I think this is a an approach. If we're putting ourselves in the shoes of the general manager, what would what situation would we want to be in? And that is, to me, knowing the pick outlook, having the two seconds, knowing that if I don't take a guy at 15, I would have a better chance of going up to get him, like you mentioned with Christian Watson, going into the future. I don't know if it's realistic because it depends on whether – Goodykins and Douglas can can get the trade done, which could be some uh, some succession analogies to be drawn here. Dude, speaking of succession, I don't want to bring this up, but Tucker Carlson has parted ways with Fox. Don <laughs> Lemon was laid off by CNN this morning. He tweeted it five minutes ago. This is actually insane. Like, this is succession. Not to completely derail what we were talking about, but you brought up succession. Yeah, This that's is a, nuts. That's an effective way of... Of throwing politics right into the show. Well, I'm, it's what it is is it's the insane world of these cable, like, cable news. talk networks. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep. I don't care about the politics side, but some of the biggest names are just jumping ship. It'd be like, all right, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady all of a sudden are on different teams out of nowhere. Wild. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We will not take calls on thoughts on the shakeups in cable news. No. But what what should Goody's approach uh, to this week be? What should his approach to the Rodgers trade be? I was thinking about succession, and not to do spoilers of the episode last night, but the inkling of uh, trying to tank deals. Like how how to negotiate and the yeah. negotiating tactics used last night by certain characters I yeah. think would be hilarious comedy if they actually Which- became Gudikins versus Joe Douglas. By the way, if you've never watched Succession or you're not caught up, it's basically the whole show. The whole show is episodes leading up to deals, episodes about the deal, and then the episodes following the deal, whether it happened or not. That's the entire show. And the chaos and of great. cable news. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. 877-867-1670. I liked the episode last night, though. I thought it was, I thought it was genuinely hilarious. But in, I, I mean, was. purposefully... But it's not as if people say things in the show and then other people laugh. You're just laughing at the at the wittiness and the stupidity of the writing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was thought beautiful. 877-867-1670.
So we'll take your calls on the draft. Also, Giannis looking to be back for the Bucks tonight. Talking about that as well. When we come back, I, I want to talk about the latest round of mock drafts. Where do the plugged-in people have the Packers going with number 15? And could there be another strategy that we would employ when it comes to the 15th pick? We'll talk about that next. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny and Grant Bills here with you today. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we are back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny and Grant Bills with you today. We'll get to what the mock drafts are saying about the Packers in just a second. Twitter question of the day at Ben Z. Kenny. Are the Bucks in trouble going into game four against the Heat with Giannis back or long term in general? 60% say no. All is fine. Still 40% Grant that are somewhat concerned going forward. It seems like there's a pretty good split, which I think can be thrown to one side with either end of the spectrum tonight in terms of performance. Big win. Okay, all is good. Winning the title. Any sort of loss, it's over. We're approaching this series so far with a Greg Guardian attitude, and we shouldn't, (laughs) right? After losses, the world is ending, and after wins, everything is 100% fine. And that's how we approach Greg Gard. We either want to fire him or employ him until he's not coaching anymore. This should be different. We should all have a little bit of worry about the Bucs today, but we should also have a dash of optimism about Giannis coming back. Now, if the Bucs lose tonight, well, then this will be the Greg Gard gauge, and I will want to fire myself, not from my job, but into the sun. I, I do not want to be in this chair in the studio tomorrow if the Bucs lose. But I, I think you're right. Little little optimism, little pessimism. We wait to see how tonight's game goes. Yeah, definitely optimistic for tonight. Uh, not optimistic for uh, maybe long term, unless I see some big changes fast. I don't think we should do that with guard. Not to mention, maybe we should take a more level-headed approach to many sporting events when it comes to yeah. the wins and losses and either ends of the spectrum. But we'll see. It'll be interesting tonight. It's all about the response. As I said this after game one, championship teams, great teams, even if a dud happens, which we've now seen twice again in three games, it's about how they respond. We could talk about last game all we want, about who played poorly, about what they did in the paint, about what they did on defense. It's in their hands to go out and respond and do it. It's not over. It's not close to over. They're down two to one. And I don't want to call tonight a, I can't lose, but you are approaching the territory of just don't get on the ropes. Take control of the series. You can easily, like if you win tonight, you are back in control of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's a best of three with two of the next three games in Milwaukee. Giannis is the best player in the series and you're fine. If you lose tonight, it's bad. It's very bad. Now teams have come back from three, one, but I'm not holding my breath that this Bucks team could come back from three, one. Vagabond John tweeted something at us. Is this real? No, no, no. I saw this last week. Okay. Speaking of, actually, that's a good transition. Talking about mock drafts. What's the latest talk? Who do the plugged in people have the Packers taking? The ones I saw this morning, maybe we could get a couple words from your end, Grant, on what your immediate thought would be if Goodell goes to the podium, you hear 
dun, 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 whatever. And the pick is Dalton Kincaid, tight end, sure. Utah. Sure. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, hold on. I, I sit in lots of camps here. I am a broadcaster, <laughs> I'm a fan, and I'm an owner. You would be speechless if they took Don Kincaid. <laughs> it seems as though I would be speechless. Part of me loves it because I want to have fun. I want the Packers to be fun. And for the last couple of years, it's been, is Alan Lazard good enough as a number two? And can Mercedes Lewis be in a, Like, no, I want some actual guys. I want some actual young weapons that Jordan Love can grow and mature with. So at face value, adding Dalton Kincaid to this team would be fun. And I would like that. Now, the owner in me and the broadcaster in me would have questions about value and the owner. You know, positional value. And Why are you laughing? I'm giving you a good answer here. <laughs> I would have questions, but the end result I would enjoy. And I would look forward to watching Dalton Kincaid grow with Watson and Dobbs and Toure and Love. Maybe a little rich for my blood at 15, but I would still enjoy it and I would be happy about it. Is that a fair answer? Sure. I saw this note this morning. Packers first round picks under Brian Gutekinds compared to the consensus big board. This, this is something to think about. Devontae Wyatt, four picks lower than where he was projected, we'll say. He was selected lower than the consensus big board, meaning value. So, okay, okay. Jordan Love, minus two. But there were a wide range of evaluations of Love. Jair Alexander, plus four. The Packers took him four spots ahead of the projection. Rashawn Gary, plus five. We're talking all in the ballpark. Then you go back, uh, or not back, actually. It started last year and also uh, back to some of Gutekind's first drafts. Darnell Savage, 27 spots selected ahead of his slot. Quay Walker, 27 spots. Eric Stokes, 27 spots selected ahead of the draft slot. There are instances of Gutekind's reaching in the first round. There are not enough instances to my liking of him trading down to then get similar players in the first round, which will lead us into something else. But Dalton Kincaid by all accounts would be somewhat of a reach. My initial reaction while the player could be good and it could work out well would be an unhappy reaction. I would not be thrilled. That would not the route. That would not be the route I would go. Uh, you also have Albert Breer, and I figure the response would be similar. Michael Mayer, that's the guy he's heard the most to the Packers at 15. Again, both guys, Kincaid and Mayer, having visited the Packers at some point during the process. And then Chad Reuter, friend of show on the NFL Network, had the Packers taking Paris Johnson, Ohio State offensive tackle. I'd be fine with that. I would be fine with that as well. So that's that's the latest talk. But Mayor Kincaid, based on some big boards, would be a similar reach than what Stokes and um, what other picks have been, what Darnell Savage was. I think that, and maybe I'm just, I'm saying what you have been saying here for the last couple of minutes with different words, but I'll add on. I think what those numbers tell us is that if Brian Gutekinds likes his guy, He's not afraid to just go for his guy. Consensus board be damned, right? If he's reaching, he, Brian Gutekinds is not going to try to tweak his pick and trade back to get someone at appropriate value. He's just going to take him. Well, maybe right? he so should. So if they love Dalton Kincaid or one of these tight ends, 
it would fit the Brian Gutekunst MO to just take him at 15 rather than draft down, try to take up some you know, extra picks and, and get the player at more appropriate value. He'll just screw it. I'll just take him because that's what he's done more than once as you outlined. But that's where I raise the flag and say, okay, maybe you should, maybe you should trade down. Maybe you should yeah. get more value. Maybe you're, you've shown that the third round has been terrible, but you have shown an overall ability to acquire talent in the draft. We'll say it hasn't been perfect, but he's, he hasn't been a disaster. The more picks you have, the better chance, clearly, of building a roster and hitting on players you end up having. You hope that a player falls to 15 that a team really wants and you don't need. A quarterback would be the ideal scenario. But if you're going to go and take one of the tight ends, you could look at the guys, the teams directly behind you. You could look at the overall setting and say, okay, well, if I pick four picks later, it might not change my odds of actually getting that guy. Okay, so I have a question for you a run on quarterbacks is good for the Packers right that benefits the Packers because that means more quarterbacks going in the top 10 which means more quality players that aren't quarterbacks are pushed to Green Bay right yes good for us what about a run on wide receivers (laughs) let's say Jackson Smith and Jigba goes at five and it becomes clear very quickly that the Packers never had a shot at him right and now some of the other teams in the top 10 maybe akin to what Washington did last year with Jahan Dotson, they just start going for wide receivers. Quentin Johnson's flying off the board and all these other guys. Does that benefit the Packers as well? Maybe that's a good thing. If if they don't have a shot at Jackson Smith and Jigba at all, like I kind of fear that they don't, maybe him going off the board earlier is better because that means more wide receivers might go off because teams need a wide receiver. And that, again, pushes more tackles, more edge rushers, more Lucas Van Nesses down yes. towards the Packers at 15. Yes, I wanted to mention this. Speaking of Lucas Van Ness, uh, John Barchard has done media in Philly for a while and had a hilarious tweet. It's a true, you have to understand the sarcasm or you're going to paint yourself as kind of stupid situation. This is not real, but it gave me a nice little little hoot when I read it. Barchard tweets, Lucas Van Ness is off the Eagles draft board. As part of the Eagles front office evaluations, LVN apparently had taken a $100 bill taped to the last page of the playbook given to him, then lied about taking it. This is a character test Nick Sirianni has instituted last season. It's a true, like, uh, no one showed up to his birthday. He lost me in rock, paper, scissors kind of thing. And the funny thing is I would believe that to be true. That's something that NFL coaches would do to make sure you read it but also to test your, to test how greedy you are. And as someone with questions about Lucas Van Ness, God. it was a, it's a situation, I would believe. It's, and to quote a scene from Succession, doesn't the fact that you kind of think it's true basically mean it's true? Remember that? When Logan Roy kept saying, I heard the attorney general has a picture of my face on his dartboard. And everyone's like, I think that's a rumor. And Logan's like, but doesn't it seem like it could be true? Isn't that, that what really matters? Yeah, I'm out. Maybe on, the same here. I, I'm out on that approach. Okay. Out on that approach. 877-867-1670. So that's, that's the tweet we received uh, at Benzie Kenny, at Wisco Grant on Twitter. The more I think about it, Grant, and I have my guys, Smith and Jigba, Van Ness, some of the tackles, fine. The more I think about it, though, when 
I see in every mock tight end, tight end, Kincaid, Mayer. The more I think about it with seemingly, say, Kincaid and Mayer somewhat close to each other in terms of projected talent, in terms of where they're slotting on draft boards, I'm starting to be in camp trade down no matter what. I, I saw a all right, trade down no matter what, unless Smith and Jake or Van Ness are on the board. I saw a good piece on Packers Wire breaking down possible trade down scenarios, and they almost all include a five to six pick drop, maybe a little more, and picking up an extra second round pick, which is exactly when we talk about how to learn about love. It's not taking a tight end at 15. It's getting multiple of them or trading down to have more shots at it, have more shots at the player actually panning out. Yeah. Well, let me let me dumb down the conversation about trading down. I think this is something I'm good at. Maybe, do you know how Jeff Foxworthy has that bit where he's like, you might be a redneck. And like, that's, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. I think some of our listeners will, where the whole thing is like, if you have an above ground pool and you fish in it, you might be a redneck. And then he'll just like, list off a bunch of those and those are the jokes here's my thing about trading <laughs> down if there's three tackles that everyone likes like paris johnson skronsky i know he's not a tackle but high level lineman if there's two or three great players at a position you might want to trade down if there's three tight ends darnell washington kincaid uh michael mayer you might want to trade down like if the conversation about all the positions that the packers are looking for there's two or three players and all of them seem about equal, it might be a sign that you should trade down. And I think that seems to be the the conversation, right? Like there doesn't seem to be one player at any of these positions of need. That's a slam dunk over the others. So maybe that means you should trade down, right? Yeah, it's well said. It's mainly the tight end position tackle. I'm fine. Take the tackle. So Paris Johnson, I don't love Skaronsky based on what I've heard from people who know things. Uh, I'm out on Skaronsky. I also don't think he'll be available there because some some seem to be drunk on Skaronsky. Darnell Wright. A lot of weird things being thrown around around Darnell Wright. There's a lot of ethic and- there's a lot of smoke screens in general. Let's do this. I want to talk about that when we come back. I've written yeah. down the smoke screens I've seen in the last two days. All the headlines trying to tank players draft stocks trying to hype them up i want to talk about some of them and we'll get to that when we return that's grant bills i'm ben kenny in for bill michaels covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill Michaels show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network bill michaels show welcome back in ben kenny Grant Bills with you. Grant, sources tell me, a uh, source just reached out to me and said that the $100 bill reference is a reference to the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner, where he is the GM. And that also has to do with the 21st birthday. A quarterback from Wisconsin, believe it or not, was going to be a top pick. And nobody attended his birthday party, so he fell, reportedly, in the movie. You know my least favorite part of this job? is people criticizing me for not knowing movies. I can't watch every movie. I did just put you on the spot with a Jeff Foxworthy reference, so I guess I'm as guilty of it as 
as anyone else. I've never seen Draft Day. I don't like sports movies. And and Ben, maybe you'll that's agree. That's a bad. They just that's never a, seem. That's a horrific take. They never seem realistic. They always lose me because it's very clear to me as someone who watches a lot of real sports. I I, I can't get there. It's like this is obviously not real. I can't buy into this as real. Moneyball was terrific, but it's somewhat Agreed. documentary related. I'm a big fan of The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. That's always been one of my favorites. I'm more of a Randy Quaid guy. But they're That's so joke. so clearly fake. Joke. It's yeah. so clearly not. So 877-867-1670. We should not open the phone lines to people's favorite sports movies. That is one to <laughs> bog down the show forever. But that is the Lucas Van Ness quote. That was what was being referred to. Let's do this, Grant. Let's do a little uh, impromptu buy or sell. Ooh. Buying or selling the draft storylines that have come out recently. And some of the storylines are specific. Some of them are general smear campaigns. But ones I've seen in the last day or two. Number one, this goes back to Friday. What, are you getting your sounder ready? Well, someone has to play it. Why are we doing this? All right, here. Buy or sell. Oh, my God. Dude, I have so many of these. The the smear campaign on C.J. Stroud. I think for the most part, I sell it. I wonder if he didn't go to Ohio State, if we treat him differently. I wonder how that plays into all of this, you know, because it seems like all the similar things happened with Justin Fields. I have an answer for that. The answer is yes. Okay. Because the laundry that certain former players that have not worked out have worn happens to be the same as the current guy wears, which I don't love personally, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. The test results that came back and, and were reported that were terrible. I just, I don't think it matters about processing speeds. Did you watch him against Georgia? If Jalen Carter's coming to crush you, that is processing. And he carved up the Georgia defense. He was the only one to do it. He was incredible. That game alone should should show you what you need to see. Now, I th- think that doesn't mean he's going to be amazing. Like, he could just be fine. But that's taking any quarterback in the top, top five, top ten. I don't buy the fact that he is suddenly falling off the face. I, I think this is just teams putting it out there because they want to take him. They want to trade up okay. for him. I think everything is something. I don't think anything is everything. Like, I, I don't think any one bit of information trumps years of tape, but I don't think anything is completely worthless. Like, it's a test result. It's a test score. I'm sure some GMs weigh it more heavy than others, but I'm with you for the most part. It it seems so targeted. It seems so coordinated with Stroud. So I, I think you're probably right about teams just trying to get him to fall so they can have a shot at him. Did Jeff Foxworthy say that quote? What did I say? You think everything is everything is something, uh, but nothing is everything. I don't. Sure. I don't even know if that makes sense. I I'm looking at <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy YouTube clips right now because I'm going to tweet one at you. Oh gosh, um, how about this? I saw this report today. The Vikings love Will Levis. Yes, Will Levis, the quarterback with worse stats than Graham Mertz last season. They love him enough to trade up to number two to get him. Fair or foul? Oh my gosh! I I have a lot of them. I, I would I, I would mute your board, but I can't. <laughs> you can't. Um, I'll stop. Well, they drafted Kellen Mond in the second round, but that's different. 
Like, that's different. You're taking a project. The Eagles took Jalen Hurts in the second round, and it worked out in a great way. And the Vikings are probably thinking about that pick and saying, what is our version of that? Because we got Kirk for another season or two or however long. How can we get our guy? The answer to that question is not trading up to number two to get Will Levis. I feel like that's more smoke coming from the top of the draft from the Texans. And we want to move down the Vikings. Well, they might want a quarterback. They, they want to trade up everyone. Listen, they want to trade up. I think that's more smoke from number two than it would be from the Vikings. Real quick before we take a break, uh, the smear campaign that's also going on in regards to Jalen Carter. There was obviously the pro day part. There was the, the, there's the off the field stuff, but this is GMs have said, I don't think he loves football. Yeah. People are saying that he actually doesn't really try. And if he were to try, he would be the greatest player in the world, which I I tend to believe that he had, like he has the potential to be the best defensive tackle in the game. But people are now saying that, they don't think he actually loves football. They just think he's good at it. Buy or sell. The pro day thing is weird. And I would need to talk to him if I was a team. It's like, why did you come to your pro day not ready to do a pro day? And if he said, well, I wanted to show up and show that I was accountable and I wasn't going to skip out and I was going to compete and I've been stressed with the legal issues and I'm working on it. Okay. I don't know, Ben, what do you think? Like, why would you show up and do your pro day if you're overweight and you're not going to perform well? You have a bad agent that doesn't give you good information. I don't know how they let him do it. Or he wants to take him. He, maybe he thinks he, want, he wants to be a Packer. I want to tank myself down to 15. So I can join my, my fellow dogs, right. bulldogs, that is, uh, in Green Bay. Right. Which is, I, or maybe he wants to tank himself to the... Well, the, the Jets would still have a second-round pick. Maybe he wants to be a Jet. He wants to play with Rodgers like everybody else does. Yeah, says Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say, the prophecy will finally come true. It's like Bubba Watson said, oh, everybody knows the four aces. I, I'm walking yeah. around town. Everybody knows the aces. Come on. They're one of the greatest sports franchises in the world. Four aces. Live golf. Everybody wants to play with Rodgers. That's I saw a tweet saying Tucker Carlson is going to join Live Golf. Do you have any insight on that? No comment. Okay. You're towing the line, Grant. You're towing the line of the phone. That's phones. funny. That's that's so <laughs> stupid. It can't possibly be a legit political comment. Hey, and if he joins Live, that's not on me. That's not on me. It's so stupid that I would believe it. I mean, if they're going to pay him a lot of money, eight seven a pretty sick gig. Not really. I don't need to go to the tournaments that they have in the places they have them eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy bad golf courses they, they, they went to a muni in, in orlando all right that i'll sell that look like a muni um all right let, let's step away let's do this we'll take a quick break we'll come back a lot more draft chatter to come i have a question about brian gudikins at noon and then coming up at one o'clock gudikin speaks with the media at three thirty. what do we want to hear we'll get into all of that it's the bill michaels show ben kenny and grant bills in for bill This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Bill Michael Show, we're back. Ben Kenny Grant Bills. Top of the hour coming up here in about a minute. Coming up at noon. What's the. I I have a question when it comes to Gutekunst. I'll let you ponder it as we enter break, Grant. 
What is, what's the biggest mistake Brian Gudikins can make on Thursday and or entering this weekend? I want to touch on that when we come back. I also have some comments to read. Our, our buddy JT hits us up. Says a tight end at 15 would be a party over the offseason, but I know that a first-round pick tight end to the Packers would have the same result as Jay Sternberger. Hit me up on Twitter at Ben Z. Kenny. Uh, Jay Sternberger had a day in the XFL on Saturday. Go look up his highlights. He was incredible. I still think there's NFL talent there. There were just things that hindered his Packers career, obviously. So we'll get into the draft. That's coming up. We could take your Bucks calls as well. Looking ahead to the game tonight. We'll touch on the Brewers losing two or three to the Sox over the weekend. If the Brewers have a certain problem in relation to maybe a piece of the bullpen that has been coming in in the eighth inning. We'll touch on all that. We'll be back in a few. It's the Bill Michaels Show.